Transportation Matters, the CEO podcast of Daimler Trucks and Buses. Welcome to our new episode of Transportation Matters. My name is Martin Daum. I'm the CEO of Daimler Trucks and Buses, and I'm happy to be kicking off season two of our podcasts today. So thank you all for being with us again. And in case you're tuning in for the first time, you may find it worthwhile to check out our episodes of season one. As you all know, we are starting the second season of our podcast in highly unusual times. Unusual indeed, potentially the most challenging times I can think of. The coronavirus has thrown the world into a situation we have never experienced before. So today we want to talk about adjusting to a world that has changed dramatically. We especially want to focus on what's really key for leaders in times of turbulence and uncertainty. How can leaders navigate their people through these difficult times in the best possible way? That is what I will discuss today with Daniel Hartley. Daniel is one of America's most renowned leadership coaches. He is CEO of Building Champions, a company focused on executive coaching and leadership development. Many people know Daniel as a speaker and author of national bestsellers like Living Forward. I personally value his expertise on organizational development and leadership for many years. Hi, Daniel. Welcome to our podcast. Great that you're with us today. Due to Corona, we are not in the same room today. This podcast is recorded with an internet tool. This is just one small example how our lives have changed so fundamentally and so rapidly. Hello, Martin. It's great to be with you. And I have to tell you, I wish I was sitting face to face with you instead of uh, over the internet, but it's uh, either way wonderful to be with you today. Daniel, when you are reflecting about those past weeks from a leadership perspective, what was the biggest surprise you had? You know what surprises me is how quickly this world has changed, how quickly business has changed, how quickly nations have changed, and how quickly our lives have, have changed. Because, Martin, if you think about it, we were together weeks ago in Stuttgart, Germany, and I woke you up at about 2.30 in the morning as we were realizing that uh, country borders were closing and I needed to get back to the United States uh, earlier than we had planned. And if you think back from that time just weeks ago and you look at how our countries have changed, our economy has changed, how business has changed, health protocol, our actual freedoms, our day-to-day -day freedoms of life have changed, I just don't think I ever saw anything like this before. Yeah, I, I feel with you on that. And, and sometimes it's for me truly and really completely unreal uh, when I compare my life a few weeks ago with my life today. And it seems like eternity, like a complete different century or something like mm. that. For example, I had a speech a couple of weeks ago where I deliberately said, disregard the coronavirus. Just we have to continue. This is our business strategy and this is what we are doing. And, and, and just don't think too much of the virus. This speech you can completely put in the garbage can because the virus, you can't disregard him. You can't disregard the challenge. But what does this mean, these times in general mean for leadership? Does it change leadership, Daniel? 
I think it absolutely um, changes leadership. I think that we're in, you know, we've been hearing it, we're in uncharted waters. So I think leaders are going to need to develop muscle in how they think right now, uh, unlike ever before. I think thinking right now, thinking, trust, and connections right now with your teammates are going to be what makes or breaks leaders. So I think that it's many of the attributes that we leaders have always had to have, but I think in today's times, they're going to be greatly accentuated uh, because nobody knows exactly where we are. We're all in the midst of a very big storm. You, you use the term creating leadership muscle or thinking muscles. I've never heard the term muscle in regards to, to, to philosophical terms. Yeah, so, you know, you think about um, how our brains develop. And if you can think of your brain as a muscle and your ability to think, our, our brains are amazing and they continue to grow these new synapses. We can continue mm -hmm. to learn and create new patterns. Well, it requires exercise. Just like if we wanted to get stronger in our legs and become faster runners, we would exercise. So you're very mindful of what types of exercises you do when you're wanting to increase your physical strength. Well, right now, leaders need to be equally intentional with how they grow their mental muscle. Right now, thinking well and creating an environment where your teams can think well, it requires so much focus and so much intentionality. And it's going to make or break um, how companies move through This challenge is how well do teams think together? When we come to those decisions we have to do, what was the biggest decision you had to do? What was the biggest thing where you as a leader was challenged uh, the last couple of weeks? Well, I think I'm probably, you know, I, I'm, we're a small business. We're less than 50 people. But as you and I and many of my other clients have, have had conversations over the last few weeks, The name of the game has been preserve cash and retain capacity. So, you know, first and foremost, we're all focused on making sure our teammates are healthy. So, you know, we had to put into place um, a complete virtual company, which was not that hard for us because we've actually been coaching leaders over the phone or over uh, vehicles like Zoom for decades. But a lot of our support here at Building Champions is all housed in one corporate office in Portland, Oregon. So taking everybody out and, and putting everybody into um, virtual offices at home was uh, a real quick and difficult uh, exercise. But we immediately began bringing the team together to look at different scenarios and making sure that we would preserve cash unlike we ever have needed to before, and at the same time, retain the capacity so that when we do come out of this, that we have a business and we have the assets to deliver our services. So I think the mission that I've had as a CEO has been very much the same mission that all of my CEO-level clients have had, and uh, we're trying to navigate how do we keep people And, uh, and keep the machine of the business moving so that when we come out, depending upon how quickly we come out, we've got the assets in place to operate. How about yourself? Yeah, but for myself, I see the difficulty in, a, in, a, in another 
Yeah, yeah. For me, what you described as preserving cash and ramping down and prepare for a potential ramp up, that just adds one more even short-term issue to our overall business. Overall business for me is, first of all, you know, let the current work in the current present time perfectly, excellence in execution, parallel plan for the future, do strategy. With this comes a new aspect into it, but it still fits in the old pattern, only a little bit more, a little, or let's leave, leave the little away, tougher than normal. But what I see as the biggest challenge is keep the spirits of the people up. Show hope, show a future, show passion despite difficult decisions. We've got to make sure that we're taking care of our internal compass and that we're seeing things to the best of our ability so that we can communicate hope while at the same time transparently letting people know that we don't have it all figured out. But every day mm -hmm. we're going to show up and we're going to bring the best people around us so that we stack the odds in our favor because we're in our company, we've had three mandates. And I've been working with a lot of clients on these three mandates. And that is number one, take care of your people. Number two, take care of the business, meaning the health of the people, the health of the business. And then number three, look for ways to exceed expectations with your clients because they're all suffering too. Every business right now, for the most part, is dealing with some real challenges. But you would put the care for the people ahead of the care of the business. Yeah, so that's a, an, an interesting deal. We had a conversation around that the other day, and I don't think you get to prioritize them. I think that ultimately, as a CEO, you're responsible for the well-being of the business. So it is mission first. That's what the company pays you for. So there's an old saying, and it's mission first people always. Hmm. So I'm not saying that there isn't even a hierarchy. I can't say that. What I am saying is you're balancing this dance between defense, which is taking care of the business, defense, taking care of the people, and then moving to an offense, which is adding extreme value to your customers. So I wouldn't say there's a hierarchy, but I will say there is an absolute responsibility. Your number one responsibility as a CEO is you are responsible to run the business. And sometimes that can be incredibly difficult with people. But in today's times, I know every good leader is thinking about how to care for the people just as much as they are about how to care for the business. I like that mission first people always because if the mission fails, you can't take care of the people. Yeah, so the mission is as critical for the well-being of the future of the people as is the short-term well-being of the people. So if, uh, if, if I preserve the short-term perfectly, but there is no long-term, there is no business, then I harm them even more if I would ask them for short-term difficulties for the long-term good. Absolutely. Uh, so I think this is a very good you know, business first, people always, yeah. When you want to show empathy, it goes then, it's, it's a little bit overwhelmed by a lot of organizational things you have to deal with. Uh, so any advice how I can show Empathy, besides being precise and exact on organizational details. I'm going to make some recommendations that might seem way out of the box, but I would love for everybody listening to really think about this. If empathy is not something that you can fake, empathy is something that comes from deep inside of you. And empathy is causing other people to 
to believe that you know what it's like to be in their shoes. Well, if you don't know what it's like to be in their shoes, then you can't demonstrate empathy. So for leaders right now to really be effective in having integrity in how they lead and engaging their workforce, their teams, their customers, I'm going to suggest that even as busy as it is right now, you need to do what you can to feel the fear, to feel the pain of those most impacted and vulnerable, which means you need to spend time with them. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone or to open a Zoom call or whatever means you're using and to check in on some of the people in your organization that are going to be most impacted and find out how they're doing. You can't do this all day, every day. And in an organization like yours, Martin, it's huge. You can't do this with everybody. But there are a few people that you can check in on because you've got relationship with them. You know who they are. Mm-hmm. They're many levels, you know, um, separated from you. But if you as the CEO, if you can spend some time understanding what they're going through, your empathy will start to increase. And as it does, as you listen, if you're truly present, then what will happen is when you communicate to the entire organization, they will feel the empathy because you took the time to really understand how this is impacting people throughout the organization. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I can relate completely to that. However, for me, the the biggest, and and while you were talking, I thought the biggest thing I'm suffering is not seeing people. For example, here in this interview, not seeing you out of technical reasons, but to have a conversation and you and you don't see the counterpart on the other side makes it so much different of a conversation where you see the other person. So to establish a video link was such a change in the quality of connection when we started that home office uh, work was so important. But I think better than video is still being in the same room with people. I, I was never aware how much this nonverbal communication adds to our relationships. Then when we go back to decision-making and leadership, uh, another complete other topic, more centralized, more decentralized in times of crisis. So I think the big orders are centralized and I think execution is decentralized. So, you know, I think just like in the military, there's the commander's intent. I think the organization needs to know how are we going to win? And I think that when we came into 2020, we had a target for how we were going to win in the year. Every business had their target. They had their plan. They had their budget. Well, that's been decimated. It's time to throw it away. And really what great leaders need to be doing right now is they need to be setting a target for the 30 days ahead. How do we win in the month ahead? And we need to really narrow our focus. And once we define what a win looks like 30 days from now, uh, then it's time for us to empower our very talented people Mm. to figure out how to get it done and how to win. Those that are closer to the work, closer to the problems, closer to the levers that they can pull, they need to be empowered to pull them. So, And and Daniel, you know what crosses my mind? This is leadership that should be in a non-crisis situation the same. The leader gives the general direction and everyone else executes with a high degree of freedom. However, in a, in a non-crisis time, we have the luxury, whether it's time or whether it's just boredom of the leader, that we then start micromanaging the execution or not focusing on, on the real topics, what's real. While a crisis pushes us to the big decisions and it 
binds our hands not to micromanage the small decisions. Would you, would you think this could be a good summary? I think it's a great summary for healthy leaders. I think there are plenty of leaders right now, Martin, that are in trouble. And it's because when they experience fear and difficulty for a prolonged period of time, many of them have not built the trust with their teams to where they can empower. So what they'll do is they will overcompensate and they will move to a complete command and control all the way through. And that will actually hinder the organization from being agile and adjusting day to day, hour by hour, which is what's required now. So the best leaders, they're going to set the course. They're going to have some outsiders with them. They're going to have their great thinkers helping them to establish what a win looks like from 30, you know, 30 days from now, 60 days from now, 90 days from now. And then they will empower their team and they will figure out how to resource them in today's times, unlike they've needed to before. The development of strategies and decisions require information. Uh, information often in normal business uh, circumstances are gathered through intense debates, presentations, preparations, workshops, and so on. That's all gone now. We have to make faster decisions and we don't have the people or the proximity and the luxury to have all those information gathering phases. How can I gather the necessary information? I think one of the best things that we're having our clients do are the daily huddles. So we're having executive teams come together at least four times a week, which is insane. You know, you just think about it, Martin. You think about how we operated a month ago. Most executive teams would come together weekly and, uh, and then some monthly, but weekly seemed to be the normal rhythm. Right now, because the landscape is changing so quickly, the best teams are coming together at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, sometimes both, to just do really quick uh, updates, really quick lightning rounds. And if there's nothing that needs to be discussed, then they all go back to work. But they're keeping this real-time, fast intervals of communication uh, throughout their weeks. So, you know, at least four times a week, that's what we're seeing. And I think that's probably the best way because you just look at all of our email inboxes plus all of the other mediums we have for communication, they're being inundated. And everybody that I've talked to, including you, the last few weeks, they've been filled with some of the most compressed days that we've ever experienced. And we're sitting in our home offices. And uh, so, so we need to build in a rhythm of connection with our teams. Another point in this crisis management is, uh, and I knew you used that phrase in the discussions we had prior to that interview, to me is that difficult times, it's normally not a sprint. It's normally more like a marathon. How to prepare for a marathon other than for a sprint? We believe self-leadership always precedes team leadership. And team leadership always precedes organizational leadership. So now we're talking to you, the listener. And we're talking to you as a human and as a leader. The most important job you have right now is to lead yourself really well. And I think we would all agree that the first three weeks of the crisis depleted a lot of our energy sources. And I'm saying that your morning routine is absolutely critical. If you want to finish a marathon, 
it's like eating breakfast in the morning. You need to make sure you're putting really good stuff in your mind. The best leaders are getting grounded. They're going through a, a rhythm, a routine to make sure that as they move into the day, they're thinking, feeling, and believing well. So you want to finish a marathon, you need to train for it, which means we have to develop a new routine. Our mornings need to be um, really protected. We need to take uh, re-energizing breaks throughout the day, whether we get up and we do push-ups or we walk, uh, we go talk to a family member, we go outside and you know, throw a, a ball to the dog. We need to be changing and preserving energy throughout our days. And, uh, you know, this is where your internal well-being, you know, your identity and uh, your beliefs will carry you through the difficult times. So you need to be very well-grounded. We have always to think, can I continue another week, two weeks in the same rhythm like I do today? And if the answer is no, then I have to change my behavior right away, right today. Uh, and I agree with you, the morning rhythm is important. The evening rhythm is similar important. You need your sleep, you need your exercise, you need uh, from working from home office, you need full focus when you work, so not to be distracted from the private life. But on the other side, when you have your private life, you shouldn't be distracted uh, from the business life. I had uh, a couple of days now, I left my phone deliberately in the office and put it on mute when my private life in the evening started. So not to get distracted from another call and another email and another problem and another urgent response. So I think this is important to really separate both items, private and work. Yeah, and I good for you. I'm really pleased to hear that because that will help you to finish the marathon. But there's something else that's very specific for right now. Don't allow COVID to be the 24-7 conversation. You know, it, we need to connect with our spouses. And for those of us who still have kids at home, or, you know, maybe we're spending time with our significant others, we, we can't allow COVID and all of the news around COVID to be the main conversation all of the time. It's going to negatively impact our relationships at home. And I'm talking about business leadership right now because our offices for many are at home. And if all we're doing is we wake up, we're racing through our days, business, 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 COVID, COVID, COVID. Then we connect with our, our loved ones and the conversation is COVID, COVID, COVID. What happens is that's going to, over time, cause us to be pretty darn negative. We need to be talking about how we're doing. We need to be talking about, uh, you know, what we can do around the house today, you know, how can we make dinner together? Is there a home project that we now can do together? Because we're not on the road. We're not in airplanes. It gives us some freedoms. So, so this is a whole different conversation. And my hope is that it stays in this podcast because I think there's an opportunity for all of us right now to see what this makes possible. And we can do some really neat things at home and with our teammates right now if we'll move from the reactive and we'll start to move to the offensive and we'll get creative. But it's going to take us positioning ourselves well and taking care of ourselves well so that we have the energy to be creative. In summary, can you give us the three most important traits a leader should show in a crisis? I would say that the three most critical for today's times are that you're confident, okay? Mm -hmm. Confident in the team, confident 
in the processes and the structures, and you absolutely believe that you and the team are doing everything you possibly can, and you're demonstrating that confidence. The second thing is empathy, that you are connecting with the humans, your teammates, and you're letting them know that you feel the discomfort, the difficulty, and the concern that they do, and that uh, you're human. And the third thing I would say is a level of humility required in order to allow brighter, smarter, more informed people to speak into the situation and to help form the solutions. So I think if you've got confidence in your team, I think if you've got empathy and you're communicating that regularly, which is an outpouring of that attribute, there's a discipline that goes along with that, which is over-communicating right now. And then you're humble and allowing the right people to speak in and to help form the different strategies and solutions to move you forward, I think you're going to be best positioned to win. So if confidence, empathy, humility helps me through a crisis, aren't those not the same things which help me in normal times as well? Yeah, I think that uh, in today's times, they get uh, accentuated like we talked about earlier. They help all of the time. But right now, there are a lot of eyes on you as a leader. Right now, there are a lot of people that are looking at you. They're taking their cues off of you because they're scared. Mm -hmm. So right now, there are more eyes on leaders than there were a month ago. If I miss those traits in good times, the good times cover up my inequities. While in bad times, there's nothing that can cover it up. And the negative consequences of the missing of those attributes shine clearly through. As we're winding up here, it would be good for us to give the listeners just some specific tips for how they can lead themselves well at home in this new environment, new reality, and then they how, how they can lead themselves well in their businesses. I've got a few things. Would you like me to walk through those? Yeah, yeah, walk us through. All right, so, you know, recap. You need a new routine. Your world has been reordered. We need to get back into a rhythm. So I'm going to give you the action plan of creating your routine for the next 30 days. It has to do with your wake up. It has to do with your first 30 to 60 minutes. When are you going to take your breaks? What are you going to do during those Try to control as much of that as you can and build in times to take care of yourself, your nutrition, your connections, your rest, your exercise, mind, body, and spirit. So build a routine so that you, like we talked about earlier, are best positioned to lead yourself and those relying on you through the marathon. That's number one. Then number two, at home like we talked about, limit the conversation around COVID. There's still, for most of you people at home that want to talk to you about other things beyond this. So be intentional with your conversations. Look for things and, and uh, topics of interest to one another that are beyond COVID. And then, and Martin, even before I go to work, your world has been greatly reoriented. You know, now working from the home office. 
Is there anything that you would add for our listeners around home and how to lead themselves well well there? Try to get in uh, visible contact to the people, not just on the phone. And try to make meetings short but meaningful. And try to get that empathy pass into it and not just the organizational path. I love that. And I think all of those, you know, when we're looking at how we're leading differently uh, in today's times in the office or with our teammates, folks and the plant, wherever you've got teammates, whatever work they're doing, uh, the daily huddle times, trust me, that will make a difference. Daily connection huddle times. And as Martin said, use the uh, video technology. It is a game changer. And then I'm going to say, have a little bit of fun. Yesterday, I had about 20 of my teammates on a Zoom call at 4.30. We, we had a meeting throughout the afternoon. It was all of the coaches in the organization. So there were 20 plus of us um, together spread throughout the country on Zoom. And we had a virtual happy hour. Everybody took five, 10 minutes to go get their beer, their glass of wine or their whiskey. And uh, we all came back and we did what we always do, just distanced. You know, we come together four times a year, all of the the coaches from around the country. And at the end of a summit, we'll always have a beer together. We'll do something of that sort. And we did it yesterday. Was it as good? Absolutely not. It was nowhere near as good as it would have been if we were all at a pub together. But was it better than not doing it? Absolutely yes. So get creative and do the things that you're just not comfortable with to create the meaningful connections with your teammates and do the same thing to create the meaningful connections with your families and your friends and people in your community. And for those who are leading organizations or teams, what are the best practices you could recommend, Daniel? So right now, I think that uh, leaders need to be very clear with regards to what it is that they're doing to move the organization forward. So, you know, there's a saying, uh, CEOs are really CROs. They're the chief reminding officer. Well, I'm going to say in today's times, they're the CCO. They're the chief communication officer. Right now, over-communicate. Let your teammates hear from you. Let them see you. That's number one. And number two, they don't need to see or believe that you've got it all figured out. I said earlier, you need to be confident. And that is confident in what you're doing, with whom you're surrounding yourself with, that you're positioning the organization to the best of your ability. But that's different than being certain. So don't be the leader that believes they need to portray absolute certainty for the future because nobody can. When I hear you talking now, it, it, it crossed my mind a conversation I had, I would say, 40 years ago or 30 years ago when I was debating with friends in those days, what are you going to study? And my decision was always, I want to do business and business administration. And I had many friends who said, no, I, do, I want to do something with people. I have sometimes a feeling from all possible uh, jobs. I have the ones where I deal most with people. My entire job is dealing with people. And when I listen to you, uh, it's more dealing with people than actually doing 
the actual decision. That is relatively easy compared with dealing with people. Well, I, I would say that uh, the, the people side of business is the rewarding side, it's the wonderful side, and oh my, is it the challenging side. So you and I have had many conversations over the years, and you know I have a book coming out later this year, The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leaders, and the whole premise of that is that a leader's effectiveness is determined by two things, the decisions they make and the influence they have. And, I, and they go hand in hand. The people side, the relationship side, the alignment side, the uh, coaching, uh, empowering, equipping side, that is the difficult work, but that's the work that matters. That's the work that mobilizes an organization and enables them to reach peak levels during great times and to come out of crisis in the best possible position because they've got great disciplines and they've got high levels of trust and they'll figure it out. Thank you so much, Daniel. I think this is a Great summary. Thanks for all the insight you gave us. Thanks for taking us on that journey. That is it for today. Please join us again for our next episode on Transportation Matters because transportation truly matters for all of us through all of the times. Thank you so much. Until then, take care of yourself and in these times, stay healthy. Thank you. That was Transportation Matters, the CEO podcast of Daimler Trucks and Buses. If you enjoyed what you've heard, share this episode and subscribe to Transportation Matters on your preferred podcast platform. You can do this by tapping the follow or subscribe button right next to the podcast title. Our next episode will be available on the first Wednesday of next month. Meanwhile, please check out another Daimler podcast, Headlights. It provides insights and unique stories from Daimler employees.